Hi, I'm Jessica Trainer, and I'm here today speaking to Marina Carr, Katrina McLaughlin and Alwyn Fuere about the forthcoming production of I Girl at the Abbey Theatre. So I'm so delighted to be here with the three of you um, and I'd just love to kick off by asking each of you or all of you at the same time even to talk to me a little bit about how this play came about and how you each came to work together. Uh, well, I met Katrina on uh, when she, I was working with her on Raftery's Hill a few years ago here at the Abbey, and uh, we just had a fantastic time on that. And I think she's a magnificent director. So um, I sent her this in a shorter version, uh, just for her to have a read of, and I'd sent I'd given it to Alwyn to read as well. And Alwyn came back to me and we were chatting. I was saying, I'd love you to perform the whole thing. And then I was chatting to Katrina about other things. And I said, look, I'm working on this thing and I'm adding bits to it every couple of weeks or whatever. Would you have a look at it? And thinking maybe we'd do it five years down the line if there was a slot. In the meantime, uh, Katrina becomes the artistic director of the Abbey Theatre. And... um, uh, just real serendipity. Katrina read I Girl and said she loved it and would love to direct it with Alwyn performing the whole thing. So that's so the stars aligned, yeah. as they sometimes do in the yeah. theatre world. And, and you know, Katrina, was it important for you? Did this feel very much like a kind of a theatre festival, festival season play to you as soon as you read it? It did, really. Mm. Um, I just knew I wanted to direct it and I knew I wanted it to happen. And I hadn't planned to direct anything this year here, you know, obviously with the new job and everything. But you're sitting with a, a new Marina car play in your pocket. <laughs> it's very hard to resist. Burning it a hole the, in yeah, your desk. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm so honoured you'd say that. So, yeah, so I texted Alwyn first because I didn't want to say to Marina, could we do it this year? Mm-hmm. Unless Alwyn was definitely free, so... Then we kind of had a few days of, can we tell her yet? <laughs> Why we sorted it out. And then uh, here we all are. Mm. Thank God she was free. Because it's an Thank a- the gods. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the Neanderthals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an incredibly urgent piece. Did that really strike you? Was that part of your, your decision-making process, just this sense of this police being so alive on the page and speaking yeah. so much of now? Completely. It's very relevant. It's very personal. Mm. It's very... Um, but it's that strange thing, the way that Marina has written it, it feels personal to everyone who reads it. So it taps into something, I think, that's just very base mm. and very humane and um, things around, you know, the, our existence and how we got here and where we're going and what we're doing and who we are. And it does that for everyone, I think, who comes in contact with the piece. So how she's managed to do that is kind of some kind of marina magic I don't quite understand. (laughs) I mean, and reading it as a poet myself, I feel that, you know, one of the things we strive for, one of the basic rules of poetry is that sense of trying to bring the personal to the universal, you know, to to chime those two notes in harmony. Um, And I think that this piece really does that. Um, And I'd love to talk a little bit about the form, Marina. You know, it it, it reads as poetry on the page, and yet it has this performative spark to it. How, How did it start taking that shape on the page for you? Well, I suppose I got a little bit tired of the well-made play, having written 
well, haven't attempted to write so many of them. I just, as I go on in the decades, I'd like to innovate and or attempt to experiment mm. um, while, while holding on to, I suppose, the dramatic imperative, but looking at things like how I can pare back the language, how I can take it out of realism, mm. how I can, um, uh, you know, throw aside act one, act two, act three, scene one to scene 10, and um, how, how I can play with logic and with time. Mm. They're all things that excite me about the theatre now um, and have for some time. And I think um, my long apprenticeship, um, you know, and and my own stuff, but also the amount of adaptations I did, you know, Mm -hmm. with, with, for example, you know, Tolstoy, like these incredible writers like Virginia Woolf. You can't help but learn things. And and Gilgamesh recently, you know, which is all fragments. It, it seeps in and it gives you it gives you a bit of confidence in how how much you can play with the form mm-hmm. so that's what excited me about it and and I suppose terrifies me as well yeah. because if people are coming expecting you know a well-made rational play it, it is not going to be that yeah, you know it's going it, it's something different yeah, but I think that's something that's going to be incredibly exciting for people as well because I think there's there's so much marina car in here but then there's so much that's kind of exploding out in four different dimensions um and it definitely is a play that contains multitudes um and alwyn i'd love to talk to you about about your first response to the play when you saw it on the page the, these these very many voices and uh, the suggestion that you might embody them all um i think the suggest well i kind of plague marina to let me read what she's working on Sometimes she lets me. And Always. <laughs> you, 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 you read all me. my drafts. And, um, Katrina. And, and when I read this, my first response was, this would be a, an extraordinary perform- piece as a one-person performance, you know, as a solo mm-hmm. performance, mm-hmm. because to me it's like all the things that Marina says, but also for me it's like a journey. It's like a journey into the underworld to retrieve something to bring it back up here and offer. So I'm, I, I similar, I mean, and I don't have anything against the well-made play, um, but I, I rarely work in terms of character. I tend to work much more uh, in terms of an experiential journey, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it appeals to me for a whole lot of reasons. Um, the form, obviously, as well, opens itself up completely to um, to entering into all of these different dimensions, not being tied to place and character and all of those things. Um, and and uh, and what is amazing about it is just, as you say, how immediate it suddenly becomes. It, it is completely about our lives, our existence now. Um, and looking at the kind of DNA, psychic DNA of our existence. Yes, absolutely. And, mm. and, and all of those voices coming together in this wonderful harmony throughout mm. the piece. And, you know, so we have the Neanderthals, we have Antigone, we have Jeanne d'Arc, we have mm. 
Persephone, Jocasta, we even have Oedipus. Um, can you talk to me a little bit, Marina, about how these voices presented themselves to you and why, why was it these voices that felt clamouring to be heard at, at this moment for you? Well, I suppose they're just voices that have always been there. You know, I've been reading myths since I was a child. And they're just there. And, you know, this... I Girl I wrote, I think, and I think I may have said this, well, to Katrina and Alwyn, I wrote when I should have been writing what I was commissioned to write, you know? So it was <laughs> like being bold or like a little holiday from writing. Yeah. And it's like, this is just for me. And if it never sees the light of day, this is, this is how I feel tonight about Oedipus or this is how I feel tonight about myself or this is how I feel mm. tonight about Jocasta or Persephone. Yeah. And they are, they are fragments. And then I think it's very, it's very tied into, you know, who we, who we are, how fragmented we are ourselves. Mm. Mm. We were talking about this this morning in rehearsing the idea that you call yourself I, you know, yes. that you're this coherent, <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, well-functioning, you know, adult yeah, um, yeah. in a rational world. It's just nonsense. Mm. And I think if anything, um, you know, the sequestration we were all subjected to the last year and a half, if it has taught us anything, is the swirl and swill of our own minds and our own existence. Mm. Because I think for the first time in a long time, we had time to actually sit there and allow the swirl. Um, so... So, so in part, it's trying to articulate that. I've never felt very certain about the eye. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm. So I think, and, and, the, and then the, the other part was we're, we're, so, we're so much a product of, of our families and mm. racial mm. history, uh, cultural mm. history, gender history. Mm. And mm. then, um, you know, the, all the DNA and what, go, what, go, what goes back. And, yeah. you know, the idea that you inherit the colour of your eyes and your grandmother's hands, whatever, but also the idea that you're carrying in your DNA, you're carrying, you're carrying, you know, cataclysmic psychic traumas yes. that have happened to the race mm. that you don't understand, mm. but yet they're there somewhere. Yeah. And that's in the mix too. And that we're, these, these are driving us mm. and we can't, we don't have the logic to articulate that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Or, and we attempt to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very very much in terms of like when I talk about retrieval, almost like mm. going down to retrieve something that we maybe not retrieve is maybe the wrong word, but to bring up something that is part of the layers of our consciousness, but that we forget about completely. Mm. So yes. kind of bringing these entities, giving them space to speak mm. because they have to speak because they're actually speaking through us all the time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because mm. when I read it, I, I think when you're working on something, everything that you experience and read and mm. watch and see and even like a conversation on the street, it all kind of ends up in what you're making. Somehow, a little bit of it. And when I read this and started reading it, I felt this was like a really brilliant insight into what it must be like to write something or the creative process because it's kind of all those things Marina's talking about, everything that you know, everything you've heard, all the stories, the way things bang up against each other Mm. that don't make sense, Mm -hmm. everything that's gone to make you who you are in this moment at this time. So as well as it kind of being an abstract um, kind of, uh, kind of almost like a collage 
of who this entity is, we've been calling it a spirit, who this is in this moment, mm. is also a real insight into all the multiple layers of things that go into writing something or into creating something yes. or the creative process. Mm. And maybe that's my desire to turn everything into a well-made play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... No, I'm joking, but you yeah. know what I mean? I love, I love the structure of this. I love yeah. the kind of freedom it gives Alwyn to sort of have these layers of character and thought and impulse and physicality without having to impose an, an ordered logic on it. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah it's like, tra- you know, there's constant transformations in it, yes. which are really, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're very true. Do you know what I mean? They're very powerful. They're very true. And so that, that's, that's an extraordinary thing to, to, to be experiencing and exploring. Mm. I was going to say something about... Um, gone now. Something else, something else that I was about to say. But I was going to ask you about how you, how you kind of created that sense because the, the transitions are so organic on the page and they feel very organic in performance as well. I know what I was going to say just before going, but we, we did... Because this, there were, there were 21 sections. Mm-hmm. There's now 20. Because a couple of them, actually, no, there's probably 19 now because a couple of them have gone merged. together, mm-hmm. merged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we, I was really keen that we, we, we spread them out like tarot cards, you know, that by chance. So we did that one day, and that was fascinating as well because we discovered yeah. loads of stuff about that. They have, each section is like a, a tarot card with a, Ancient knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> that's ancient a, knowledge. That's a wonderful way to put it. I love that idea. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. And you know, it was really fun for us to put them up against each other mm. and see what spoke to what and yeah. how mm. they impacted on each other and yeah. that kind of journey. Like, you know, Marina had a sort of strong sense of most of it, but she allowed us to... To, to play with, play the, ta- with, play with the cards. <laughs> yeah. And, and the order... I don't know what, what order is it published in. Probably order, published in the order Way you back, wrote it. it had to go to the printers yeah. before we decided on the order. Yeah. But it's not that different. No, it's not. No, no, no it's not. No. It's really like, yeah. you know, if we were doing this for a few years, maybe we'd do that. Okay, yeah, you do that exactly. first. Yeah. <laughs> that first tonight. You mean in a few years' time, we'll do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, but there. I mean, there are so many different tensions in the piece that are are really fascinating to pick out, and we could talk about them all day. But I, I'd love you, Marina, to, to talk a little bit about the the Neanderthals as they appear in the piece, um, because they feel a little bit like this kind of missed opportunity in history or this mm. lost gentleness in history. And I'm fascinated by the way in the piece they stand against the kind of the very human degradation of the Greek myths. Um, and how those two things play against each other. Yeah. Well, maybe I romanticise the Neanderthals, Mm. but I do think they are a lost opportunity. I think maybe the the best of the qualities of the human race, and let's not forget, we have have a few good qualities. Mm. You know, our impulse Mm. towards kindness, uh, mercy our love of knowledge, our love of beauty, mm-hmm. um, our gentleness at times. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, they are Neanderthal qualities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other then is, is something that has come to the fore. Um, yeah. But we have, we have something. Um, it's a bit like 
it's a bit like the lost city of Troy for me. Yeah. You know, that something incredible was lost when Troy was lost. Um, or, or any of those fabled cities. And we, we, we culled something beautiful from the world mm-hmm. and from ourselves in that culling. Yeah. Um, it's like the burnt libraries of Alexandria or, you know, you can, yeah. there's several examples, those mm-hmm. incredible sculptures they say existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we're and we're left with a loss of that, and but but also we're haunted by the memory of it. Yes. And somewhere in us, we know mm. we are capable of better, yes. and we are capable of retrieval. And yet, this will to power and this will to destruction, and this will to inflict cruelty, mm. seems to seems to be rising in human nature, and mm. that's very terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's for me what the Neanderthal is kind of a metaphor for for, for mm-hmm. lost beauty. Mm-hmm. That terrible kind of self consciousness, the fact that we we would be happier if we didn't know what we'd lost, in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we do know. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's where all the yearning comes from. I think yeah. it's that yearning mm-hmm. for something that you don't know what it is, but you know it is real. Yeah. It was, yeah. or it's in you somehow. Yeah. Mm. Remember you saying in rehearsals one day, I remember being mm. the star. It's oh. in me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we should remember. Wonderful. And there's so much, as we you mentioned earlier, all of you, I think, have touched on it. There is so much about kind of parenthood, inheritance, the damage that we pass down. Um, how did you kind of approach that in the play, Katrina, in your approach to it, finding that kind of um, cycle within it, I suppose? Um I don't know. It's that's really hard to answer because mm. it's kind of an instinctive response yeah. to it. Um, I think I don't really know how to answer it. It was mm. kind. Of, it was very much instinctive. I think in in that you know one of, one of the things that Marina does is she's not afraid to challenge us as an audience or as as work. You know co-creators working on on her scripts Mm. so there's something um i think the bravery and the writing and the kind of fearlessness in terms of dealing with really dark subjects i have a less romantic view of the neanderthals myself i think they were you know not not as benign shall we say as (laughs) some others Mm. may think Mm -hmm. but um but what what fascinates me, whether it's the human instinct or whether it's, you know, some, you know, hangover from some previous time, the dark beside the light, the good beside the bad, you know, the, 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 the instinctive beside the learned, all those things that sit beside by side Marina's writing, mm-hmm. the journey through that, I think, has has is is something how they tie up like how the neanderthal the idea that the oedipus myth could tell the story of how we evolved into a human species um the hominy species that kind of idea that that if you look into the subjects that Maureen is challenging us with, you can find sort of answers to how we became who we are now that are maybe you know 
I'm not making any sense, no, am you I? Are, you are. Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, so mm. the, so you know, there's a, there, there's something for me in the genetic journey of the species and the parallel mythical history um, and or kind of lived history as individuals mm-hmm. that in certain parts of the in certain pieces kind of. Sp- stand against each other and tell a, a much wider, deeper story about how we got here. Yeah. So I can't really... I, it's just purely my reaction to that and trying to be true to the bravery that mm. Maureen is challenging us with, mm. if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. can help me, Alwyn, answer that question. What was the question again? <laughs> I think you've answered it really well because I don't remember it. It sounded great. It, so. <laughs> That's my skill. So that's the question has evaporated, but um, but no. And I just, I suppose, on on a on a kind of a similar theme, Marina. Like, what one of the things that I really enjoyed in terms of the the voices that you kind of resurrect for us and their totemic nature in history is we have things like like Jeanne d'Arc as a little girl, you mm. know, and the the kind of the beauty and the innocence of the and the tragedy of that. And um, and I think there's something really fascinating about vulnerability and parenthood and loss that's very personal in the play and that comes through both those voices and the more kind of intimate first person Mm. contemporary narratives Mm. and how did it feel for you to to write in that way god Um, it's a brilliant question (laughs) (laughs) how am i going to answer that uh was kind of um you know, I did, for better or for worse, it, it it wasn't difficult for me to write this, you know. I just mm-hmm. slapped it down, you know. There wasn't a whole lot of thought in it. Um, and maybe it's because these are subjects I've been thinking about mm. for a long time. And, mm. you know, as a, as a playwright, you're used to, you're used to inhabiting so many points of view you know for your characters you have to become each of the characters mm-hmm. um, and I suppose in, in that sense this is not much different mm-hmm. but it just felt like I was closer mm-hmm. and the, there was less uh, there was less distance between me and the characters and I don't know why that was maybe because I used the first person mm-hmm. um, and then the, the narrator voice is in the first person as well yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, uh, as a poet, Jessica, you know, the first person can be very devious as well. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yes. So yeah. uh, it can appear like it's about you, but mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it's all about you and yet it's all made up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, so there's, there, there's that. And, you know, if anybody actually saw the inside of a writer's mind and just realised, you know, the serendipity involved and they snapping up of unconsidered trifles as Shakespeare calls it or just the the fossicking around in the garbage of your mind uh, looking for the next image and and somehow that being related to your life or possibly not or being sort of related or absolutely related Mm, Um, mm. so there's all there's all that to play to play with Um, so it was it was a very pleasurable experience writing this, mm-hmm. I have to say. 
That's, that's wonderful. It sounds like mm -hmm. the, we, we've been talking a lot about that kind of sense of the accretion of experience and memory. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the process matches the form completely. You know, so we, we feel that process throughout the piece. We experience it. And I yeah. think that's what makes it feel like such an intimate piece mm. is that we kind of bear witness to that accretion happening mm. throughout it, mm. which is so mm. exciting. But I would imagine knowing or having a sense that you wanted Alwyn to perform it also gave you the confidence to know that there'd be a performer, as you said, who's interested in that kind of experiential embodiment rather than necessarily the straightforward characterization of the well-made play. Did, did it give you a lot to play with, Alwyn? Oh, yes, of course. Um, but, I mean, one, it's, you know, it's, it's, Marie, it's Marina's well. <laughs> it's not somebody else's well, you know what I mean? So that well has got particular treasures in it. It's a good well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I have to say, yeah. Alwyn's usually on the desk when I'm writing. <laughs> and when I gave her the draft, it was, I'd half, half of it written. And her response mm. um, that she wanted to perform this or mm. would be happy to perform this um, really informed mm. the writing of the second half, mm. as did Katrina's response. Yeah. So in that way, it's very, very collaborative. Yes. Um, yeah. Just in terms of the conversations mm -hmm. we would have mm -hmm. about theatre and about mm -hmm. writing and about performing mm -hmm. and, and just general conversations we'd have. Yeah. Um, just about art and, and, and whatever whatever's going down. Yes. So all yeah. of that has fed into this as well. And, and yeah, and I think the, the, that, that sort of the way the, the, the way the thing began which was the three of us, it, it's, you know, two, three, whatever, whatever way it works, but that the, the embryo was created by, has been created by the three of us. And it, it feels completely like whatever it is, is just growing into, it's growing. It's also like an archeological dig, very often you take on one layer, you go, oh, that's great, look at all that. And then you go, oh shit, there's more underneath, you know? So it's endless. Um, and and kind of feeling that in a different combination, mm -hmm. um, it would be something completely in different combination. If it was three different people, or if it was you know, yeah, it would be yeah. completely would not be that. Yes, you know, it, yeah. it is what it is as a result of yeah. working with Katrina and mm -hmm. Marina on it. Mm -hmm. um, if it was another actor working with Katrina and Marina on it, it would probably end up being completely different. It's it's got that sort of it's got that deep kind of, you know, yeah, it's, it's a deep well. Yeah. Mm. And the deeper the well, the sweeter the water. Absolutely. <laughs> and isn't that kind of the unbeatable serendipity of theatre and why we all do it? You yeah. Know, for mm. those wonderful alchemies that can occur, mm. you know, and sometimes the, the, sometimes the magic doesn't happen and sometimes you find mm. yourself in a space whereby something something wonderful is kind of spiralling out in all of these different dimensions in a really exciting way. Mm. Um, and I think it's really good to remember that at the moment because oh, yeah. that's the joy of the live experience and having a live art form. You know, when Owen would perform this, every time she does it, it's slightly different. She's responding yeah. to an atmosphere or a temperature mm. or, you know, the yeah. room we're in. And, you know, it's so important. Like, that's, that's why I love Marina's plays so much because 
I mean, I'm, I've no doubt in my mind that Marina can write for any medium, but mm. they're pure theatre mm. and they're unapologetically theatre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, at this moment, it's really brilliant to have a piece of work to work on that is pure theatre and unapologetically yeah. made for a live experience, for a live audience to come in and share mm. in that alchemy, whatever it is, mm-hmm. on every night. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have no um, desire to see it filmed and beamed out or streamed this particular piece. And that's not to, that's not to um, eliminate anyone from having the experience of seeing it, but it's very much to about the commitment to mm. how, how important it is mm-hmm. that it is a live live experience mm. yeah, yeah it definitely feels like I mean we've made a few decisions like you know at one point we had been thinking about radio mics because there's lots of other stuff going on and uh, it became quite evident quite early on that it needed to be the, the, the raw voice you know the voice because it's just the metaphysics of theatre yeah. you know yes. of, of what happens yeah you know sound how it affects other people's bodies and all that kind of stuff, you know, how it reaches people from one body to another. All of those things become really kind of really crucial to the whole thing, to Mm. the whole live experience in particular. Absolutely, Mm. the pheromones in the room, you know, they're really, really Mm. important. And I think we've Mm. all missed that, haven't we? Being part of that that live animal, that live Mm. nervous system. Yeah, and the the danger of the live as well Mm. is is such a... That's such a beautiful thing, I think, yes. the, the yeah. danger yeah. in the live and the um, ephemerality and the of, it. of it. too. What? And the safety of it too, yeah. because we're in a kind of closed mm. environment and a closed mm. system in the theatre. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're sharing mm. something with an audience in a mm. moment. Mm. And so there's a great safety in the, in it that allows us to be dangerous, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, the safety mm-hmm. and the danger and the, and the um, yeah. Yeah. Those things, yeah. Katrina. Can you tell us a little bit about what actually happens in the room in terms of rehearsal? So, with this piece, how did you all interact and begin? I suppose to to get it up on its feet. I think uh, the first thing we did was read it a lot and have a lot of conversations to make sure we knew exactly what Marina was saying, mm-hmm. because you know there are certain bits of it where where you could interpret it in in any one of many ways um, and what's been brilliant about working with Alwyn on it is you know it's never the most obvious interpretation <laughs> the more obscure the better exactly, yeah, yes. exactly. more obscurity on the matter <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's more than one so you're, you're constantly dealing with something that's not fully one thing or not fully the other so um yeah, we did a lot of reading and talking around what, because within each section there's so so much imagery and there's so many ideas and you could make it very literal if you wanted to. Uh, I mean, I think you would lose something very mm. fundamental to mm. its DNA mm. if you did that. But um, so we started with that and then... We did sort of work on sort of scenes. We started where we wanted to, not necessarily at the beginning. 
-hmm. And at that point, Marina was still bringing new scenes into the room. Pardon me. So it had had a slightly different shape to it at the beginning. And then at one point, Marina brought in a scene that's now at the end of this version that just felt so like the end that it was that then we ha- had something to work towards. Then she, of course, brought something in that kind of threw that out for a day or two, but we came back to it as it being the end, and it just feels very right. But in a way, that was I think that's when it started to take off in terms of a shape, once we knew where we were going yeah. and what we were trying to achieve with that, it gave us a freedom with the rest of it. And then we could play tarot cards mm. with some of the rest of it a bit mm. after that. That's so exciting. <laughs> and, but, and Marina, yeah. did, you, did you enjoy that kind of provocation of being able to respond to something in the, in the rehearsal room and having that kind of, I suppose, the freedom to do that? Yeah, well, with um, the calibre of uh, Katrina and Alwyn, yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be careful about who I'd be doing it with, though. <laughs> you know, I think you... You need really seasoned professionals to be doing that. Yes. With yeah, it is. It is very much the kind of piece uh, one would be very careful about. What mm. one who would? I mean, I'd seen Katrina's production of On Raftery's Hill, and mm. I kind of saw. I I, I saw a marriage. Yes. <laughs> I saw the kind of this amazing, sim, kind of symbiotic element mm. in the in the in the work and, and 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 I I just kind of had it you know knew how much I would trust totally uh, where Katrina would bring me <laughs> <laughs> because remind me of who has worked with who before and uh, how those connections all came about We've worked together. We've worked together yeah. before Alwyn and I haven't but, but I've haven't. seen loads of I mean I mean, it's Alwyn. <laughs> well, Who wouldn't work yeah. with Alwyn? <laughs> well, uh, we, yeah, we nearly worked together once. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really, it was like a kind of a presentation, wasn't it? The yeah. embassy thing. But There's so many movies anyway, in theatre, aren't there? I was very aware of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like a little, little uh, Yeah. But, what do you call it? The, um, like, orbit. Yeah, exactly. But Raftery's Hill was the kind of, yeah, was the moment. I just kind of felt, uh, per, you know, it was just mm-hmm. such a fantastic production. Of Marie, of a, of any of Marina's works, really. Well, like, and we've worked it. on Bog Well, we've worked loads of times together. May, yeah, and, yeah. And, May yeah. Ulalu, mm, by the Cats, uh, Woman and Scarecrow, yeah, Blood Wedding, Blood Wedding, the adaptation of the Young. Yeah, yeah. that was the most recent. And to one. the Lighthouse. And to the Lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, Joe Parker, who designed on Raftery Hill, is designing this, and great. she's um, she was great. Like. Mm following or changes of minds and being very accommodating of that yeah. and bringing things in and being willing to throw things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catherine yeah. Faye doing um, costume. And actually, Carl was the sound designer on, on, on Raftery Hill as well. Too, yeah. Wonderful. So, yeah. So it's going to be my next question, actually. Talk to me a little bit about, about the design process. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so excited to see what this will look like on the stage. Um so Talk were we. <laughs> <laughs> Might all change again. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about theme and tone and the kind of things you were thinking about visually, um, all of you, I suppose, as the piece came to life. Um, 
well, we were all in slightly different places of the same mm. thing. Alwyn had a very stripped back idea in her mind, like yeah. and like an empty theatre. Mm. I had a blank page in my mind that I couldn't get away from. Um, and Joe was Joe. Uh, had a sort of a kind of this kind of epic structure that was um, that was nothing in particular, but really dealt with. Um, it sort of gave us an opportunity of entrances and exits, and that was where she started, kind of entrance entrances and exits, and coming in and coming out, and then working with Sinead Wallace, who who's um, amazing lighting designer. They came back with a kind of a, it had turned into like a light and dark. And um, it's such such the right impulse for this piece of work mm. that moves constantly between mm. light and dark. Mm. Um, so it was very stripped back. It's part the mm. empty space, part the blank page mm. and, and all fluid. the light and dark. And it's a, it's, it's it's got a. It's allowed to, whatever way they worked it out. Mm. It's got the possibility of being a very fluid space, mm. non-fixed. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. was that important for you, Alwyn, as a performer, to feel that kind of freedom within the space? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yes, <laughs> yes is the the short answer. But the, but also in terms of this piece, because the because there's so much journey and transformation in it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be fitting into something, fitting into a structure that is predetermined. Yes. You yeah, you, you yeah. want to allow the space to be able to transform as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you start by having it empty yeah. <laughs> and then you only get what you absolutely need. So that'd be how I would work. Yeah. So it was, was kind of like I'd be over there and Joe's original design was over there. But now mm. it's in there. Now they're together, <laughs> yeah. marriage. Mm. Um, you know, when we're still not in tech, so things will change again when we get mm. into tech. But um, I feel like the the space allows us an insight into the insight of this being's thinking. So it's almost like the inside of a head mm. and mm. thought. So there has to be space for thought. It can't be divided... The internal and the external of the spirit or the character, for want of a better word, I keep resisting using character because of <laughs> not wanting to pen all one down. But the, in, the the inside and outside of thought, if that makes sense, yes. is yeah. a, a very hard space to define. So there has to be a fluidity between where we are an audience looking at a person because the beauty of how um, Marina spoke about this play um, recently. She she talked about us all having all these myths and stories and feelings and experiences, and we all carry so many stories around inside us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to think about the piece. You know, if you're the kind of audience member that needs to put a logic on it, yes. um, because because it you know thoughts flit from one thing to the other and they kind of impose themselves on each other and there there isn't really a logic but collectively they're an atmosphere or an experience or a feeling about something and I think that what Joe's done brilliantly is given us a space that allows us to play with the idea of being 
inside and outside mm. somebody's thinking at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. I remember when we were talking about it, I was saying, you know, the audience. I I always feel the audience needs space for their imagination and not yeah. being not to be told what something is because they'll fix on that, mm. and then mm. the whole thing will be interpreted through that framework. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, but in fact, what what's being created now is a space for the imagination mm. and a space where you can step into a slightly different imaginative space, which is maybe there's a kind of a Rubicon, you know, yeah. kind of crossing the Rubicon into this other place, yes. which I think helps, yeah. helps mm. the, that, that descent yeah. in the light and the dark, mm. all yeah. that. Um, it feels right anyway. It feels like stepping into a river or something like and that at times and you know you just there's yeah. something about that step across yeah. which works and I love the um, you know the, the title like I Girl mm. it's so again unapologetic so who is she in her own head and what mm. does she look like and you know how playful is she and what does she wear and what does she you know mm. think and mm. like how she changes moment to moment yeah. in that is great. Yeah. Of course, I never think of her as no, I one know. person. But no, I know yeah, you yeah, don't. No, no, I no, but I mean... <laughs> yeah. but, but, but what it allows, yeah. But what yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, space yeah. it allows. And also the, 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 the multiplicity that exists mm. in girl because we're yeah. so used mm. to being told what a girl yeah, is. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah. I love, you know, all of that, the... Mm. the, the depth and how we can play and challenge with that yeah, yeah no I'm saying it's, it's quite and, provoking and one of the best things about you know getting to know Alwyn through this is how playful she is <laughs> because you know I had this image of this kind of epic kind of very serious woman who you know only used very complicated language and <laughs> stayed silent when she wasn't coming out with deep and meaningful deep and meaningful thoughts and then yeah. she is that but she's also yeah quite yeah. anarchic and yeah. very funny yeah. very and, very funny and I think and I think that that sums up the play as well actually <laughs> you know it is it is it is deeply moving but it is also it's never austere and it is a normal never at times it's as well. never you know it has up. that energy yes. which is yeah. fantastic it's um, got that wonderful free freeness in yeah, it yeah yeah absolutely true. that living spirit austere is a good word I've never thought of that mm, austere mm. is a good word never to austere. avoid we don't like austerity here <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, no. and marina for you for the is the design process an exciting part of of bringing a play to the stage and is it a surprising process for you um in terms of the the kind of visuals that people come up with in, in response to your work. Yeah, it is. Um, I tend to leave that to the director and the actors and the designers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when I'm asked for my opinion, I'll give it. <laughs> um, I tend to take a step back. Um, but I am always amazed, you know, because you, you do have to put it, you have to design it, you know, you have to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to costume. We have to costume. Yeah, the costume was was quite a journey on this one. Yeah, as well. Oh, really? Uh, Don't tell me more. I'm not telling you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, strike that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Um, thing I will say about the costume is, 
if you're doing something that is part human, part fantasy, part mm. myth, part story, part reality, part unreality, <laughs> what do you what do they wear? <laughs> exactly. Mm, yeah. It's a question for the ages, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you often write in your in your stage directions, fluid space. Mm. You often do, even for the To the Lighthouse, which wasn't a particularly fluid space, although it did become fluid. But yeah. It was quite a structure. Um, yeah, they, yeah. I, I don't, I suppose, yeah, mm. I don't like things that get in the way. And I think Joel's done a fantastic job yeah. in that, you know, that kind of light and dark thing yeah. and very, uh, very simple in one way and very textured in another, but subtle. Mm. So that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really. I'm still not sure what your costume's going to be, though. Are you? I you decided. Uh, uh, well, it seems to be. I haven't another costume fitting tomorrow. It seems to be All pretty right. closely decided. Okay. Well, we'll have pick your brains on that later. No, you can send me, <laughs> send me a photograph. <laughs> You'll have to come in. Um, but. Yeah, I think I think the thing is I I always think about the, the space at the same time as making a performance. I suppose I, you know it'll always be part of my my how, my own process. Yes. I'll always think about yeah. the space. So the space for me, uh, the kind of space it is, becomes really important in the making of the work. Mm. Um, and. Uh, I mean, this is why sometimes, yes, I will get very tired of the well-made play where it doesn't happen anymore because they know. But uh, <laughs> you come along and uh, you're shown the set and then you're shown a picture of your costume and you haven't even spoken one word yet or had one rehearsal yet. And it's partly to do with time because the way, you know, time is so short and structuring. Some, these, these decisions, to a certain Point have to be made in advance, but um, but I like for me everything happens. It's not just me; it's mm. everything else. That's for for me is like I'm only a small part of it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. how that works with everything else becomes really important yeah. in the making of a performance, particularly if it's a solo. I think because you are kind of you're you're embracing the entire imaginative space. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that for a piece like this, which feels so organic and where the transitions yeah. are so kind of beautifully lyrically suggested to us, it would be really important for all of that to happen yeah. in a way that that matches the form mm. again, I think. Mm. I'm very I'm very into form and content here because mm. I just feel that mm. the two things marry so beautifully here and um, like one sphere kind of moving inside another. It's really, mm. it's really fantastic. Um, it kind of comes back to our obsession as well mm. with the mm. individual, doesn't it? And mm. one individual encapsulated alone and kind of brings us neatly, if I may say, mm. back to what Marina was saying about this suspicion of the idea of the I. Mm. You know, what is it? What is this disconnected being, this being that exists free from all other influence, free from the need for empathy. Um, and I think that this play actually is a really timely reminder of that kind of connectivity that mm. we all experience. Um, and I think another one of my favourite quotes is, 
breasts are like string theory connected to everything. So <laughs> yeah. forgive me if I'm, I'm paraphrasing it there. <laughs> it's brilliant, oh, isn't gosh. it? You know, I <laughs> think that's a wonderful way for us to, to finish up today. Yeah. Um, just another <laughs> reminder of, of that connection and how you will feel it when you come to see the play. And I'd like to thank you all so much for talking to me. That was a complete pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks.